remember that one twitter account that was just called like dear neighbors upstairs or something like that and he wrote a book and it was just all his tweets to his neighbors upstairs i feel like that's happening right now because like i finally i just got like the audio worked out because i went to a virtual wedding and i took the sock off my microphone for the virtual wedding so that in the zoom call there wasn't just like a dirty sock on the screen it's not dirty it's clean it just it looks old oh and Congratulations. I don't know if I can say or if they want me to say their names. So congratulations, Fryan and Tiles on your wedding. Yay. So we're back again. I've already recorded the intro, but I realized that my pop filter wasn't on. And I realized that because I listened back to it and I was like, oh, she doesn't sound good. Hi, welcome to Telegnosis and Tea. I'm your hostess. I don't even know if I've gotten to the intro yet. Anyway, yeah, I'm your hostess. Definitely not an alien. And numbers are going up for COVID in Canada. So just a reminder, y'all wear a mask. Wear a mask. Today, I'm drinking some pumpkin spice tea because we're talking about jack-o'-lanterns. And I know some people are like, oh, it's a pumpkin spice girl. Yes, I am absolutely into pumpkin spice. Don't at me. Pumpkin spice season is my favorite season. Well, actually, I don't know. Pumpkin spice season is kind of tied with candy cane gingerbread season. So I'm drinking some pumpkin spice tea today so we can talk about pumpkins since it's spooky season. Who else is decorated? I've gotten everything decorated except we haven't gone to a pumpkin patch yet to get pumpkins to carve. It's a little bit early, but like here's a tip if you want to carve your pumpkins a little bit early and have them keep nice. Put some Vaseline on the places where you've cut, like, um, the outside of the pumpkin and then around the top, and that'll keep it looking nicer for longer. But maybe don't put a flame next to the, uh, Vaseline. If you're gonna do that, I would say use, like, um, a battery-operated tea light instead of a flame tea light. Like I said, today we're talking about jack-o'-lanterns, and first we gotta start with what is a jack-o'-lantern? A jack-o'-lantern is usually made from a pumpkin or a turnip, but commonly in North America, you see pumpkins. The top is cut off, the insides are scooped out to make it hollow, and then something is carved into the outside. Traditionally, it was a face, but really anything can be carved into it. There are some awesome imaginative ones out there. Then you stick a candle or like a tea light or some sort of light into it to make it a lantern. But where does the tradition of jack-o'-lanterns come from? Why every year do we head to a pumpkin patches and pick out the best looking pumpkins to carve silly or scary faces into and to light up and set outside our front doors on Halloween? Well, the tradition of jack-o'-lanterns comes from the Irish legend of Stingy Jack. First time I read it, I thought it was Stingy Jack, but no, it is Stingy Jack. There are a few different versions of the tale of Stingy Jack because it's so old, likely from the 17th century. When I was looking through all the sources and through all the legends online, this is the most common tale that I could find. So we're going to go over the tale of Stingy Jack. A long, long time ago, there lived a drag of society by the name of Stingy Jack. As legend goes, Stingy Jack was a deceiver, manipulator, and a drunkard. On one dark night, 
Satan heard about the man named Stingy Jack, but could not believe that Stingy Jack was as vile as his reputation upholds. Satan decided to travel to Earth to see for himself if the rumors were true. Stingy Jack was, as was typical, drunk and wandering through the countryside when he happened upon Satan in a human body on a cobblestone path, wearing the most eerie smile. Stingy Jack knew his time had come. It was only so long before Satan would come to collect his vile and malevolent soul. Jack decided to make a request before he made his descent into hell. He asked Satan if he might join him for one last drink of ale before he departed. Satan found no reason not to, so the two journeyed to the local pub. Together, the two drank heavily, until it was time to pay the tab and go. Jack requested Satan turn into a silver coin to pay the bartender, and Satan, who was impressed with Jack's nefarious tactics, did so. Jack quickly grabbed the Satan coin and stuck it into his pocket next to a silver cross. Since the devil was next to a crucifix, Satan was stuck as a silver coin and agreed with Jack to spare his soul for the next 10 years, or year depending on the legend, in exchange for his freedom. 10 years later to the day when Jack agreed to Satan's freedom, Jack, of course, naturally found himself once again in the presence of the devil on the same cobblestone path. Jack seemed to accept it was his time to go to hell, but asked Satan if he might have one last apple from an apple tree to feed his starving belly before they made their journey underground. Satan obviously did not learn from his lesson the first time, and agreed, climbing into a nearby apple tree to fetch an apple for Stingy Jack. As the devil climbed the branches, Jack carved crosses into the bark of the tree. Satan realized what was happening, and became enraged he had been entrapped once again. He demanded his freedom, and Stingy Jack agreed, but only if the devil agreed to never take Jack's soul to hell. Reluctantly, Satan agreed, and Jack removed the bark that he had carved. Sometime later, after all the drinking had taken its toll, Stingy Jack died and found his soul at the gates of heaven. Jack was elated until he found St. Peter was guarding the gates. God told him that because of the life he had led, being deceitful and sinful, he was not allowed into heaven. So Jack's soul was sent down to hell, where he again was stopped at the gates. He begged Satan for entrance into hell, but Satan, thrilled to uphold his agreement with Stingy Jack and still upset by his trickery, would not allow him into the underworld. He did give Jack an ember to light his way, though as now his soul was doomed to spend eternity roaming the world between the planes of good and evil. Jack put the ember into a carved turnip to light his way, and gained the name Jack of the Lantern, or Jack-o'-lantern. So that is the legend of Stingy Jack. Because of this legend, it became common in Ireland and Scotland to carve scary faces into turnips or potatoes and put a light in, they would be put in doorways and windows to ward off Stingy Jack, but in England, beets were more commonly used. When the Irish immigrated to America, they brought the legend of Stingy Jack with them, but found that the native pumpkins in America made a perfect jack-o'-lantern that was a lot easier to carve and to light. Jack-o'-lanterns were also commonly used in Samhain, which we will cover extensively in a podcast soon, but the lanterns were used to light paths. The name jack-o'-lantern could also come from the visual phenomenon ignis fetus, meaning foolish fire. This is also known as will-o'-the-wisp from English folklore, which dates as well from the 17th century. In the name will-o'-the-wisp, wisp refers to a torch, so the term is basically will-of-the-lantern, similarly to jack-of-the-lantern. 
This was an explanation for lights that were seen without a source, often thought to be spirits carrying torches. The lights are seen commonly over swamps and boggy areas. This is how the connection is made to Stingy Jack carrying Hell's Ember in a turnip. We now know that Will-o'-the-Wisp is a result of a decomposing plant matter whose gases ignite when they come into contact with heat or electricity as the gas oxidizes. However, I prefer to still think that Will-o'-the-Wisps exist. Over time, jack-o'-lanterns began to be used to ward off all kinds of evil spirits during Samhain and Halloween, not just Stingy Jack. They were thought to keep spirits that are harmful out of houses by scaring them away. Some groups also believed, though, that jack-o'-lanterns represented Christians' souls stuck in purgatory, as Halloween is the eve of All Saints' Day in Christianity. The first reference in North America to a jack-o'-lantern was in 1834, but the first association between a jack-o'-lantern and Halloween came on November 1, 1866, when the Daily News out of Kingston, Ontario, wrote, quote, the old-time custom of keeping up Halloween was not forgotten last night by the youngsters of the city. They had their maskings and their merrymakings and perambulated the streets after dark in a way which was no doubt amusing to themselves. There was a great sacrifice of pumpkins from which to make transparent heads and face lighted up by the unfailing two inches of tallow candle. In 1884, Cornish folklorist recorded a rhyme about the jack-o'-lantern with its association lying closer to the will-o'-the-wisp being known as Joan the Wad in Cornwall, and it goes like this. Jack of the Lantern, Joan the Wad, who tickled the maid and made her mad. Light me home, the weather's bad. In many places in Western Europe, children would leave milk and cream out for house spirits, which they referred to as Jack of the Bull. Using the lanterns to ward off evil could also be associated with these house spirits. Jack of the Bulls might protect with Jack of the Lanterns. So the very origins of jack-o'-lanterns is still slightly unknown. We don't know for sure that it was Will-o'-the-Wisps or Stingy Jack. It was a way to ward off evil, but how that came to be, was it because of Stingy Jack? We might not ever know. Here's some fun facts about jack-o'-lanterns, though, just to end the podcast. The most jack-o'-lanterns carved and lit in one place was in Keene, New Hampshire, USA on October 19th, 2013. It was being represented by Let It Shine. The record is 30,581, which is the top now, but before the record had been broken by the same group, Let It Shine, eight times since their original attempt. Also, the largest jack-o'-lantern ever was 942.11 kilograms, which is 2,076.997 pounds. It was grown by Josiah Brandt and carved by Mike Brown, Deanne Arnold, and Brandy Davis at the Elk Grove Giant Pumpkin Festival on October 6, 2018 in Elk Grove, USA. And that is the history of jack-o'-lanterns. I hope everyone gets a chance to get out to a pumpkin patch maybe or order from the local grocery store and get a pumpkin and carve it and think of Stingy Jack and keeping him away from your house. <laughs> That's all for today. If you have your own spooky, scary story, we want to hear it. It could be true crime. It could be about aliens. It could be about Stingy Jack. Email us at telegnosisnt at gmail.com and your story might get featured on a future listener episode. As well, follow us on Twitter 
at telegnosispod, and on Instagram, at telegnosisnt, to see pictures from today's episode, as well as just random stuff that I sometimes feel like posting. <laughs> if you'd like to make a donation to the podcast, please go to coffee, ko-fi, ko-fi.com, slash telegnosisnt, where you can buy us a coffee, because we definitely could use it. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening. Bye! Ha, 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 ha,